All right, welcome to Zero to 60. I am your host, Matt McChesney. We are rolling over here at the Six Zero Football Academy. <clears throat> We've got a great show for you today. We'll be in and out quick for about 30 minutes talking Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, like always, our show is brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online. Make sure you go to Bet Online, check it out, use the promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, and they'll give you a 50% bonus on whatever you deposit. You deposit 100 bucks, they'll give you 50% back on that which is $50, to get you started off and running. That's the best place for your wagering news. It'll give you the best odds. It'll make sure that you're not wagering too much. Remember, only wager you can afford to lose. You probably shouldn't be trying to pay your rent with that money. So that's just number one. Uh, number two, we are rolling here on Zero to 60. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. That is the great Mustafa Johnson from the University of Colorado. When, where, when were you there? 2018 to 21. 18 to 21, a multiple-time All-Pac-12 performer for your first team twice, right? First team twice, uh, just won the Grey Cup with the Montreal Alouettes last year, balled the fuck out with nine sacks up in Canada, which is like 30 sacks in the NFL. Uh, so Mustafa's going to be here, you know, talking about the Colorado Buffaloes and everything that he's gone through, uh, you know, and, and overcome to get to the point where he's at. But Mustafa, welcome to the show, bro. I'm glad you're here. We're both sweating our asses off. We just got done grinding in the uh, in the facility there, getting our D-line work done. Just got my butt whooping. Got, got, got the <laughs> That's the way we like it. Um, but look, Mustafa's playing in, in, in Canada right now. Just worked out for the Broncos a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, still nose to the grindstone every day. Just won a title up in Canada. Just talk about your 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 journey and how cool the Canadian Football League's been up to this point, bro. Well, I would I'd a rough go at Colorado just because I had four different coaches while I was there, four or five different coaches while I was there. So I was learning different schemes, learning different plays, learning basically a whole new system every, every year, year I was there. So um, I definitely think I got better, but I think that also hurt me in some times where I kind of lost my stride, whereas in 2018, I kind of had the breakout year and then, you know, started switching coaches and just, you know, one thing led to another. But I, I I kept to it. And then coming out of college, I had a whole situation where it was during COVID, so I declared. And then I got blessed enough with uh, NFL teams to kind of ride on my behalf and let me go back to college, went back, kind of had a whole journey. And then I landed in the Montreal Alouettes. I got there in the back half of the season. I only ended up playing about six games. And the first game, I ended up with three sacks. So it just kind of – I just took out oh, this guy can play. <laughs> so then they, I kind of got the role after that. Um, then going into – after those six games, uh, got to the, the final and, you know, we didn't win. We can come back next year. We played the whole season. Um, pretty much the same team with me, same guys on my left and my right. So we kind of had that. We were gelling. And then, um, you know, it's 18-game seasons, real long. And it's longer than that if you make it all the way. And we did. And – you know, I just had a great time up there. I was in Montreal, big city, so I had, a, I had a lot of fun. It was a new experience, and I got to keep playing football and get paid for it. Now, you know, the transition to Canada and then everything you did at the University of Colorado, you were part of some pretty special teams there. You know, you played for four head coaches, though, in four years. I mean, just talk about how difficult that was. And we were just talking about Coach Tucker and Coach Mack and all the different guys you played with. And as an outsider watching, you know, and, and being up there every now and then, you know, one of the consistents was you, 3-4. Like, you're all, all over the field. You were constantly in the backfield. You were one of the guys they could actually hang their hat on up there. But talk about how hard that is as a player when you're constantly having turnover. I mean, it, it's, it's really hard. Like I said, I had to change learning each scheme each year. Uh, the biggest thing was the personalities. You go in when you're, when you're a young guy, I went in there, and I was still 18, and I had a coaching staff that, you know, I had the defensive scheme that I wanted to play in. I had the 
coaches that recruited me and I knew they liked me, then going into the next season, it's like, all right, do these coaches want to get rid of me? Do they not want to get rid of me? And I kind of hung my hat on like, the film don't lie. You can try and get, I'm not going to let you get rid of me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the best one on the field. I'm going to compete every single day. So I'm not going to let you get rid of me. And that's pretty much how my mindset was going into each season that it don't matter what you want to do. Cause I love Colorado. I'm a Colorado native. So it kind of worked out for me to stay there. And uh, I mean, like I said, I grinded every day and I was like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to get rid of me. I'm not going to give you a chance to get rid of me. What do you think about what's going on up there now with coach prime? You know, now you're a vet, you're in, you're in the CFL, you know, as a professional, you just want a title. You know, I know you want to get back to the NFL. And and look, I'm not just saying this because you're one of our guys over here at 6-0. You're an NFL player, and I know you know that's what you're striving for every day. What do you think about what's going on up in Boulder and uh, with Coach Prime and all these guys they brought in? It seems like they really fortified through the transfer yeah. world. The, the attention and the publicity is great for the school, like great for the university. Um, getting through the transfer portal, you know, I'm I'm indifferent about it just because it is bringing a bunch of guys together and be like, hey, we gotta go win a title, we gotta go do right. that. But as we've seen, teams have done it, and you know, it takes, you know, they always say two to three years for a team they really hit their stride. Last year they started off hot, didn't finish so strong, and I think I think we're gonna see a better season this year. And then going into the the Big Twelve is gonna be really exciting. Playing Nebraska all the time. That's, my favorite team to play. I always had three. Every time I played them, I had three sacks against them. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that's, yeah. my, that's my favorite team to play. You, you had but, the, you beat them in Lincoln, right? In Lincoln, and yeah. when Leveska had the, yeah. the over the shoulder, mm -hmm. you and Nate were out there crushing them. Yeah. And then the next year was the that's flea flicker game, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, when they brushed the field afterwards and it was all red and they all had to yeah. watch. That shit was dope. Yeah, that, that, shit was was dope. Yeah. that shit was dope. I would be excited to play them every year now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what they do. I see they're they're getting a lot of guys, a lot of big names, a lot of a lot of dudes, man. Yeah, and I've been down there. I've been down there since I got back. But last year when I was down there. I love the coaching staff that they had around. Like they put a lot of guys like strength tradition. They coached all those guys that really. Well, say say you're a high school kid, and Deion Sanders walks in, and goes, "Yo." I want you to come to Boulder and play for me. Is it just like, where do I sign? Or <laughs> right. like, that's a pretty big draw. I'm not even a DB, and I feel like I'd be like, yeah, for sure. Let me teach you how to backpedal. I definitely feel like I'd be a little odd shocking. So, I mean, I feel like it's hard to say no. Amen to that. Well, look, they move into the Big 12. A lot of old rivalries being reestablished. Kansas State, Oklahoma State at the end of the year. I want to talk about the schedule. I want to talk about everything that's going on with the schedule. So I'm going to bring it up here on my phone, and we'll go through each game, and then we'll get you out of here, Mustafa. We really appreciate you doing the, the show today and talking to Buffalo Nation out here. Look, they open up with North Dakota State. Now, I don't know who decided to schedule this game. August 31st is, is North Dakota State. North Dakota State, it scares the shit out of me for the simple fact that they're so good at 1AA. They constantly are putting out pros. I've watched them walk into Manhattan and beat Kansas State when they were an 11-win team. This is the ultimate, I hope you're not asleep at the wheel, Colorado game because they've got Nebraska and Colorado State right afterwards. This is their home opener. I think that <laughs> I'm a little freaked out about it. North Dakota State right off the bat, how do you feel about that one? You know, I'm a ride with the Buffalo. I'm going to be confident. <laughs> I think, you know, like you said, it's one of those ones where it looks bad if you lose it. It doesn't really look great if you win it. Yeah, you better I see why, I see why you're scared or you're nervous about it, but – um, I just I don't, don't. Who who decided to schedule North Dakota State to open the season? Like, <laughs> can we schedule Mercer or somebody? Right. We got to get North Dakota State of all right. teams. Contender, right? Exactly. <laughs> One double A badasses. Mm -hmm. But then they go from North Dakota State to at Nebraska and at Colorado State, and we saw what those games were last year. The Nebraska game was hype. They beat the shit out of them at home in Folsom. 
Now we've beaten them three years in a row. You're part of two of those victories. And then the CSU game was bad blood and double overtime and going to Colorado State. I mean, which game, in your opinion, is bigger? Ooh, that's a tough well, one. I'm going to go home robbery just because so of, just as we saw last right? year. Well, no, I'm going to go Colorado you State. You <laughs> bigger. Just because okay. as we saw last year, they came to play. They, they sure came did. to compete and win. Like, they came to play, and that's all there was to it. So, I mean, obviously, I love the Nebraska game. The fan rivalry right there is what makes that one right. uh, such a big game. I know when I was there, I had grown adults mooning me as I'm getting off the bus oh, and God. saying all this stuff. So I know how the Nebraska fans get down. Yeah. Sean Tuss and I were on the sideline. I remember seeing you at the game in the locker room and shit. And we're walling out. But like during the game, bro, they were vicious. They see? And then um, afterwards, there's nothing better than beating them there because I, I beat them there in 04 yeah. and 02. You won there in 18, and, like, when you leave the field, they go from being really vicious to, hey, good game. That's, good game, that, good game. that's exactly what happened. Yeah, Nebraska mm-hmm. fans are telling you good game. You know you just looked at it. I remember I walked out of the tunnel, and there was an oldie just saying, like, F you 34, you're not going to do nothing, blah, blah, blah. After the game, he came and met me. <laughs> that bro. same spot was like, hey, you did it. You did it. I will give them their, I'll give them their flowers. They don't yeah. have to do that, and they do. But So you think CSU is going to be a bigger game than Nebraska? I mean, that's crazy to hear just – I know we beat Nebraska three times in a row, and I coach Rule, and, and, and you know he was here two weeks ago meeting with me and, the, and you know, talking about the Dungeon family and whatnot right over there in the office, and they're motivated as hell. I mean, he definitely he was like, "Oh well, I can't." I was like, "I can't wait till week two. And he's like, "Wait, you guys, gonna beat our ass again?" <laughs> I know that deep down, that's coming from a place of like, "We're we can't yeah. wait to get you mm-hmm. and Lincoln and fuck you up." That's the same way CSU's got to feel. Exactly. Like, I exactly. mean, they were closer to beating us mm-hmm. than Nebraska right. was. Going to Canvas, I say to everybody out there, all the Buffaloes in Colorado, let's go paint Canvas black and gold, Me take too. it over. That should be a fucking home game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's some bad blood right yeah. there. You you beat the shit out of CSU every time you played them, right? You never yeah. lost CSU, right? Never. You guys just massacred them when you <laughs> played them when, back in the day. I played during that rivalry when it was at its height. And I feel like this year's game was felt like an old school game. And 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 next year's game, I mean, what could you what do you think you can expect? This is the first time CU's gone to Fort Collins since like 1994, I think, or some shit. I could be wrong on that, but it's a long time. I think after last year, they they gained some more confidence, got a little chip on their shoulder of being like, hey, and then they have the right guys to do it. Because last like when I played them, I didn't see guys that were that angry that wanted to be like, nah, FECU. Like I haven't seen that so. I was just watching it on film or watching it over the, um, on the TV, and I seen a bunch of guys that were like, "Yeah, this is our, th- we want this to be our state, not your state." Kind of yeah. thing. So I think they got a chip on their shoulder, and they're they're coming to play. If, now, would you like to see CSU and schools like that maybe with the Pac-12 going away with the Pac-2? Now, Washington State was in here this morning <laughs> recruiting. They're excited about the opportunity to go play some of the Mountain West schools, bringing into the Pac-12. You want to see them elevate to the Pac-12 or the conference go away? Uh, I, I don't want to see the conference go away. I yeah. would rather see teams elevate, but like like we know, I wanted to see the teams that have been succeeding and right on the top of their class, not just every team in the Mountain West. Right. You know, every team one that's You can't the, just take all right, of them and exactly. just elevate the Mountain mm-hmm. West to the Pac-12. But it, it would be nice to have three Power 5 schools in the state, Air Force, CSU, and Colorado. That would yeah, be nice rather than just be. one. All right, so look, then you start Big 12 play, and you start off right off the bat with Baylor. Now, Baylor comes to town, then you go to UCF and you have a bye. Now, Baylor, you know, was an old Big 12 foe back in the day. They were in the South. We were in the North. We didn't play them every year. But 
you know, they were pretty shitty when I played them, but they've gotten a lot better. That's a very respectable school. We'll see what happens there. That's the home opener. And then Coach Prime gets to go to Orlando, Florida in a in a conference game for the Battle of the Black and Gold in, in, in the Big 12 with UCF being a new member last year, Colorado being a new old member this year. Uh, this this number is pretty crazy. Check this out. CU, as of now, going back to the Big 12, has as many Big 12 championship appearances as the next school, Kansas State. Oh, and we wow. haven't been there for 20 years. That's crazy. So that's <laughs> that back in the day, we used to run this conference. I, I, how do you think Coach Prime's going to do in Orlando, like in his stomping grounds? That's going to be a big game for CU. There's going to be so many eyes on it. You want to control recruiting in the South. Right. Go get a dub in Orlando against UCF and Gus Malzahn. That could turn into a nice little rivalry, right, especially with the black and gold. Well, like, who, who, who wants the uniform combo, mm-hmm. right? Right. And Coach right. Prime's getting all new unis next year. Oh, and I, I, I think they're going to look pretty sick. Schmitty's been pretty secretive about it. I'm trying to get the information yeah. I can't, but I can't get <laughs> shit from him. I, I don't know. What do you think, Coach Prime, going back to Florida? You think he could maybe, you know, turn some heads down there? You think? Oh, I definitely think they can. If they go down there and you know play Colorado football and do what they do and do what they've been doing in the Big Twelve when they were. Back in the championship days, I think that they could go down there, get some huge recruits, and you know, make waves through this conference. So that, <laughs> that's five games to start off the year before you get a bye, and then they have another bye in week eight. So they've got some opportunities to get healthy in the middle of the season. North Dakota State at Nebraska, at Colorado State, Baylor at home, and then at UCF in a break, and then after the break, you come back and you've got Kansas State, and this is where the we were talking about this beforehand, but the Big 12 and the Pac-12 merge. you got Kansas State at Arizona, Cincinnati at Texas Tech, Utah at home, which is a it's turning into a heated rivalry the longer that we just keep playing each other and following each other around. They go to Lawrence, and then they have Oklahoma State, an old Big 8 rival, uh, to finish the season on the 29th of November, which that's, that's pretty fucking cool. Like, it, putting Oklahoma State at the end of the year, I was wondering how they were going to do this with some of the old rivalries. Kansas State is the one that I would like bookmark as our main rival in the in the conference because the, there were some heated football games back in the day with them. But talk about just the Arizona and the Utah matchup here. I think that the Utah game is going to be one they consistently play. You know, Kansas State's such a great football team to be a rival with. It's right down the street, I eighty. There's some bad blood there, but that Utah CU game, there's some bad blood there too. You played in this game a lot. You know how how tense filled it is. <laughs> Elaborate more on on Utah here. Uh, Utah's full of a bunch of big guys that are going to hit, and if you don't come with your helmet strap, you know, is that the most physical game of the year every, every year? Time, you think every single time. And then I like I always have these big old Samoan or Polynesian. I don't know what what they were exactly, but I know they're tank, tank people. Yeah, big old guys that were they were like yeah. <laughs> We're, they would they would literally be like laughing, saying, yeah, "We're coming to W." They let me know to play. And I was like, "Okay, come on." And then you gotta have that attitude, like, "Come on, I'm with it." And then some of the guys that were, you see it on film, where it's like, "Oh yeah, you got rolled Not up. with yeah, it. You got rolled Not up. Fucking with it." Yeah. So. All right. So look, I, I, how do you think that these Pac-12 teams are gonna fare going into the the new Big Twelve? Utah is already walking in as the conference favorite to win the wow. conference next year. Out of the big, out of the Pac-12, that's got to be a slap. Well, I was say, the I, that's, 12, very, right? that's very disrespectful for them. Um, I think as for Colorado, we need to win those Pac-12 games just to set the tone of like that we are from the Pac-12, but we are one of the better teams in the right. Pac-12. So I think those are must-win games that we need to to set this tone with. And I think um, we're going to bring a different style of football. 
that's what I think is going to change. Because they they normally pick up bigger guys that want to run the ball and do all those different things. Whereas Pac-12 is known for being an air raid offense, air right? Raid, you know, getting the ball out. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see who who comes out on top with with this air raid or is this big man football that's going to. Now, last year we you know we mentioned this. They started off strong. They're three and zero. They're ranked eighteenth. They finished four and eight. They're one and eight down the stretch. But they did. Like, let's be real. They lost six of their eight losses were by one score. I was on a team there in 2000 where we were three and eight, and six of our eight losses were by one score. And the next year, they were, we were 10 and two and won the Big 12. They have so many guys coming back next year. How do you think CU is going to fare next year in the new Big 12? You know, especially I'm looking at that schedule and I go, shit, man, there's a lot of opportunities for dubs here, but then everybody's going to be circling us because <laughs> they, like, look, let's be real. The country is not behind Colorado. There's a lot of people that want to see CU and Coach Prime fall on their face. Yeah. And I think we should rally around that and just embrace it and be like, oh, you want to fucking make us the Raiders of college football, essentially? We're with that shit. We, we, this is what we want to roll with. How do you think they're going to fare next year before we get you out of here? I think they're doing. They're going to do really good. Like you said, they've only lost, they were losing a lot of games at one point. So I think once we get that defense down to, you know, not letting teams score as high and let's keep scoring, that's who we are. We're gonna we're gonna click. We gotta stop the run game. You know, keep you out the end zone. That's all it really came down to. Because we could score. They got a bunch of guys, a bunch of playmakers that were getting in the end zone. That guy. That's what I'm saying. We, that we guy. can get in the end zone. Travis now, we, that, man. now we just gotta click on defense. Where it's like, all right, no, we're not gonna give up the most rushing yards in the league. We're not gonna, you know, we just gotta hang our hat on that. Where it's like, no, people aren't gonna run on us. People aren't gonna throw on us and get turnovers. And I think we're we're gonna make some waves in this new league. Montreal Alouette defensive lineman uh, and CU great Mustafa Johnson joined us here on zero to 60 last question here we've been working together in here for a long time now just give give everybody out there a little indication what we do at six zero how much it's helped you and then how much it can help the younger guys you see the the, the next generation in here working and there's also a lot out there that are watching so there's a lot of people that follow and don't come in here. They think Matt's scary. Yeah. Just give, give everybody a little indication of what 6 really is. I mean, if you think Matt's scary, then you probably shouldn't be here because you're not going to be ready to work. All that is, all the yelling, all Matt's. the talking smack and all that stuff, it's all love and fun and games. Yeah, he gets angry, but it's, you know, it's a family. And I thought, like, coming out of college and stuff like that, I thought I knew a lot already. And I'm coming here still perfecting my craft, learning new stuff each and every time, how to – I, I learned I had a three new moves to my arsenal and I actually implicated one last year into the film. So that was that was exciting to see work. But I mean, you can always learn something new. You're gonna get better. He's gonna teach you how to grow as a football player on and off the field. So you're gonna learn the game of football as well. So yeah. Mustafa Johnson, love you, brother. Go get that, go get that uh, pre-made food in there. <laughs> Proud of you, dog. Keep it up. All right, folks. We're gonna ask some questions here before we get you out of here. Let me reset the uh the old film here. And I'll answer any questions we got here before we get Mustafa out of here. Thank you, brother. See you tomorrow, 9 a.m. Back to the grind. All right, folks. Comments, questions. Let's see here. CU doesn't play in Lawrence this year. They actually play at Kansas City. This is actually pretty cool. Uh, you know, they do go to Kansas City to play Kansas this year. Kansas is renovating their stadium. Um, I actually played there, I think, twice in college. And that play, like, they paint the field there in December. So it's going to be a late December game. I'm sure the turf will be all chewed up. But it, it's a good opportunity to be on national TV and go play a big-time game in an NFL stadium. That's pretty cool.
Later, homie. What do you think about the schedule this year? I think it's winnable. Like, if I had to look at it right now, North Dakota State, and let's bring this up here and let's go over it real quick. All right. North Dakota State, dub at Nebraska, dub CSU, which should be a home game for CU, dub Baylor at home. They're coming off a rough year, dub UCF on the road. That's going to be a great game. Gus Malzahn is a hell of a coach. They figured it out. They won at Oklahoma. I think they won at Oklahoma last year or something like they they had a rough year, but they also finished strong. We're six and six. They've lost some players, but they also gained some. They're going to be at the top of their game for that one. I think that's a dub. So they're five and zero going into their break. Look, Kansas State coming into Folsom. That's going to be a massive game. I think it, both teams are going to be nationally ranked. I, I never think we're going to lose to Kansas State. That's a win, 6-0. I think at Arizona, that's going to be a really tough game, but they just lost Jet Fitch to Washington. I think it's a very winnable game, although they're keeping a lot of their players. We lost to them 34-31 last year on a game that I definitely thought we should have won and we kind of squandered. That's a dub, 7-0. Cincinnati at home, dub, 8-0. Now, this is the one, These this is the stretch that scares the shit out of me. Lubbock is not an easy place to play, and they're a really good team. I like their quarterback. Their head coach is a dude. I think we're going to drop this one in Lubbock. So they're, now you're 8-1. and one. Utah at home, you got, you know, that's a massive game in November. The 11th, the 16th of November, I think you lose to Utah. Now you're 8-2. and two. But then you go on the road to Lawrence and, you know, the Thanksgiving game here, and it puts you in position to national stage and NFL stadium. They get a dub against Kansas in Lawrence or in Kansas City, but in Lawrence, I guess, and then puts them at nine and two. And then, of course, you beat Oklahoma State at the end of the year to put them at 10 and two. And that might get you in to the Big 12 title game. And I know I'm going fandom first, but I really think this team is loaded and ready for the the wartime that's in front of them. So I think that they dropped two in a row to Texas Tech and Utah, but a 10 and two season and maybe playing for the Big 12 title against maybe Utah again with two teams from the Pac-12 coming in and running the conference could be huge. Uh, But I guess we'll see. The Nebraska and Colorado State game back-to-back are huge for me. We just heard Mustafa Johnson talk about how, you know, maybe the the CSU game is a little bit more uh, of a rivalry for him right now just because of how much we've dominated Nebraska moving forward. But, you know, we'll see. I, I man, I, I don't know. That's that's pretty tough for me to, to go with. CSU's a bigger rival than Nebraska at the moment. Any other questions here? You, you, UCF is sneaky as fuck. I agree. They're going to beat Utah, bro. I hope to God they beat Utah. I I hate losing to that team. If I have to hear fucking, uh, you know, Weddle talk any more shit about Utah, I'm going to crush someone's face. We do have some good jerseys hanging on the wall. Let's go around and check them out as we give the day. We'll get rid of little Pat Tillman action. Over here we got Harris and Schlotman and Jonesy and Chad Brown and Howie Long and Will Precheck, great buff. Frankfurt Digital Buttholes down there, the 60 jersey. You know, go around the rest of the room. Everybody in here, Mike Pinnell just made the Super Bowl again. Ryan Jensen and McGovern and, you know, the lobby's deep with the jerseys and 
Everybody else in here, Aiden Nakia kind of Ina just brought Notre Dame jersey the other day. Check this bad boy out right here. Woo, that green's nice, son. So, yeah, man, you know, we take you around the gym real quick. The office, bunch of jerseys in here, and Muhammad Ali and helmets and Chuck Bignerick and Sean Carter, the man. I'm not a businessman. I am a business man. So that's pretty dope. Yeah, so, you know, just rolling. What else out here, folks? Nine and three. I could go for that. Nine and three, ten and two. I dig it. I bet Shador Sanders is getting the Heisman. Now, I love this. I really do think that, you know, the that Shador and Travis Hunter are both going to be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. I really do. Travis Hunter is going to reset the way that skilled players play if he hasn't already, you know, being as versatile and as dominant as he is. And then let's be real, bro. I mean, Shador, if he has another year like he did last year, I'd imagine six to 800 more yards passing, 10 more touchdowns and 15 less sacks and 50 less pressures because of the new personnel they have coach load Holt coming in and being as, you know, detail-oriented he is. Not that Coach O'Boyle was a bad coach. He's at Northwestern now. But the personnel last year just – it didn't fit. It didn't fit the scheme. You know, it's so hopefully the new guys coming in can fit that scheme. I really think they're going to be special up front. But, yeah, I love this. Shador and Travis Hunter as well will both be in New York. There's a lot of money bets going for – for the Nebraska game, a lot of people think last year was a fluke. That's fine. But last year, CU beat Nebraska 36 to 7. That last that last touchdown was a gimme. Um, I, I really think that Nebraska, they're going to take that game about as serious as a heart attack. Again, I met with Coach Rule a couple of weeks ago, and they were they are really, really motivated to beat our ass. So good. That's the way we want that game. It's supposed to be tension-filled, it's supposed to be full of hate, but mutual respect. That's what makes it so great. Do you think there will be as much unnecessary drama on the sidelines and locker room this year? I hope not, but you know, that's, I hope that they focus more on football and less on the fact that he's there coaching. Now everybody knows he's there. You know, I know it's really cool, but my problem with the whole thing was when we started losing and we were struggling, where was everybody's support then? Um, and on top of the fact that they don't even know who's on the sideline, they're telling me I'm on the sideline up there and hurting the team when I'm not even at the game. So there's there's some definite miscommunication there, but look, it doesn't really matter who's on the sideline. It matters who's in the game, and you know I, I think that there was a lot a lot of attention seekers last year that latched on to Coach Prime and what he was trying to do. And when it didn't work out, they were they disappeared. When I was there for the Arizona game, I didn't see anybody up there. So I would think that uh, it you know you live and you learn. Got some dudes on the O-line now. Shout out to Savion from the 330. Savion Washington's a great player. He's a proud Dungeon family, always down here working. I'm looking forward to getting him back in the in the gym. It's going to be a closer game between OSU and Utah. Uh, I think those two teams are going to be fighting each other for the 
Big 12 title as well. A lot of people saying the CU is going to win the Big 12 is going to piss off a lot of people in the Big 12 as well. So, look, we'll put it like this. I'll go back here and throw up the schedule one more time. Utah, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. If I had, if if I'm talking about red letter games in conference, those are the three I'm let red lettering. But I mean, there's five red letter games on this on this schedule, and by red letter, I mean these are the five most important games, and they are Nebraska, CSU, Kansas State, Utah, and Oklahoma State. They find a way to win those five. I think you could be looking at a maybe undefeated season in Boulder, and I, I can't believe I'm saying that, and I know I'm being a homer. But damn it, what do you expect me to do? I mean, I'm I love my Buffaloes, and this is what it is. I'm not going to pick them to lose. I mean, give me a break. Although a lot of you think I hate them, it's you know that's just the idiot fans that don't know what they're talking about. I seen you at the Stanford game in a fake nose mustache and a nose disguise. <laughs> shit dog that would be so dope i like shave my beard and put on a fake mustache and a nose disguise and go out there and i'm like no i'm i'm like i'm mark mcchesney yeah like, so stupid to me dog i can't believe that i actually got my name thrown under the bus print i wasn't even there i can't even sit on my can't sit on my sofa at the house can't burn one and watch the bus i, I gotta get thrown under the bus for this shit Bro, it was so fucking funny to me. I can't wait to talk to him about it and be like, yeah, so thanks for throwing me under the bus. At least I get to sue Sports Illustrated now. I meet with my lawyers tomorrow to talk about defamation suits and, you know, all this other bullshit because all these media members and these lazy-ass media outlets just ran with some shit that CU said that's not true. So, you know, <laughs> I'm like a fucking special agent. I'm the most inconspicuous 6'5", 330-pounder alive. And this is the other thing. I post everything. So if I was there, there'd be a post about it. Just saying. And there ain't no post. Sucker. Still waiting on the Photoshop of Matt sitting on his sofa in the stands. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Uh, is Travis Hunter the best player in America now? I think Travis Hunter could be the best football player in America. Yeah, that guy is special. I, oh, holy shit, is that guy special? It's going down with you and Schmitty on press row at the Super Bowl. Yeah, if we can ever get to the damn Super Bowl. JB's been talking about us going to the Super Bowl forever, and I'm still haven't gotten any information about it. So, I mean, this all just might be talk, too. I'd love to whip Schmitty's ass, but, you know, it may not happen. He might have to come to Denver to get his ass torn up. Ugh, pause, what? Gross. You give any speeches to the Buffs this year? No, no speeches to the, well, individual players and stuff that I talked to, but no speeches. I didn't get to lock the gate on him this year. Yeah, I talked to him at the Stanford game. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, fuck. <laughs> laugh out, laugh motherfucking out loud at the pause. Yeah, I paused myself. I'm sorry, shit. You know, sometimes you got to roast yourself. Bro, don't roast yourself. You can't roast anybody else. <laughs> 
Oh, shit, dude. I'll tell you. <clears throat> Just curious, have you ever been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame? I'm from Northeast Ohio. Thanks for thanks for watching and subscribing. And anybody out there, pound that like button and subscribe up. We really appreciate any and everybody that that is, uh, you know, a, a loyal uh, listener and watcher here of Zero to 60. Uh, we're going to try and be more consistent and go every day, but, you know, duty calls. Um, I have never been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's on the bucket list. What do I think about the prime shoes this year? I think if we play good, they're going to look really good. If they play bad, they're going to look really good, and it'll be all about how they look. I'm really interested to see the new uniforms, too. They've got the best color combination in football and the gray, the silver, the black, the gold, all the combos. You know, I, I in 04, when I was there, as a, when I was a senior, we wore gold tops because that's all we had. Black uniforms, black pants, or white pants and black socks, and the alumni base lost their fucking mind. And then I walk out last year against Nebraska and the team's in black, black, white, and black. And I was like, ah, shit, Prime and I think the same. So I, I love the fact that they're finally using all of their color scheme when we talk about uniforms. The, the shoes are filthy, though. They are so good looking as long as we win. So I don't see a world where we don't. I think the team is much more mature and the schedule's easier. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they've got to go do it now. But they're going to look good, damn good. That's for damn sure. What do I think about the Marines training the players? I dig it. You know, anything to change up the offseason and get these guys doing different stuff and anything that's going to push the narrative of leadership and get guys, you know, not necessarily waiting on the coaches to do it, but taking the advantage of the fact that the Marines are out there teaching them how to do it, I'm with it. So I thought it was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I'm actually waiting to go back on Whitlock's show and destroy him. I, You know, I went on the show because nobody from Colorado ever does and no one ever defends Coach Prime. Uh, you know, I, I think that Whitlock is a huge clown. And, it, it, you know, it's I don't have a problem with talking to him. Dan Rather went and interviewed Ben Laden in a fucking cave. He doesn't like the guy. Uh, but, you know, when I go back on, I'm sure we'll have more disagreements and, and we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, he's a uh, dude's a fucking clown. There's no doubt about that. Probably a good thing you weren't at the Stanford game considering how the second half went. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. But at the same time, I still was there, apparently. And because of it, there was a minor infraction through the NCAA. Although, they're hyping my kid up. Like a 2028 recruit was following the team out. So we walked. Let me get this straight. We were in the locker room. We walked to our seats, walked out of our seats, down to the railing where the security guards at told that guy fuck you we're going down to the field jumped the, jumped the security railing both of us my kid included no one said anything ran back in the locker room and then followed the team out that's what you're telling me we did shit oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit dog dan dan rather would have been the goat if he would have capped bin laden i agree <laughs> We need to do the fucking show like this every day. You guys are the best, man. <laughs> Come on, Dan. You should have taken the fucking opportunity, homie. 
Oh, boy. I'm telling you, that's some funny shit. <clears throat> All right, folks. I'm done with y'all today. Uh, thank you for watching Zero to 60. Make sure you go on and, and uh, you know, like and subscribe. Follow everything on social media. Uh, at Six Zero Academy on TikTok, we t hit two hundred twenty-seven thousand followers on TikTok the other day, which is pretty fucking nuts. Um, last question: What do you think about Bill Goldberg's son coming to Boulder? Look, if he tackles like his daddy did, I'm with it. I mean, Bill played his ass off at, at uh, Georgia. He was a great player and was my favorite wrestler when I was a kid. And I'm not a huge wrestling fan anymore because uh, it's it is what it is. But when I was a kid, I used to love the spear. Uh, and you know, if, if if little Goldberg wants to come in and start spearing motherfuckers the way big Goldberg did, I'm with it. He's going to spear everyone. Can't wait to watch it. All right, folks, you guys have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow on Zero to 60 at 10 a.m. Big thanks to Mustafa Johnson for coming on the show. Uh, and as always, go Buffs. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.